0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Best Bad Bets. This one's the NBA special. Me and Ethan are here, joined by our good friend Bryce, and we're going to talk about the NBA, uh, with the restart, the NBA bubble, and a whole bunch of other things.
1: Um, Guys, do you have anything to add right quick
0: before we hop into it?
1: I mean, yeah, Chris, to the start, home and away teams, it won't matter here, really. It's all going to be on neutral court, um, which is going to be an interesting way to look at it. And then also, does playoff experience really come into matter more? It matters when new teams playing old teams, but now that they're in a whole new experience, is it really going to make a bigger difference for the teams that we see going on to go deep and make playoff runs? Right, right. Um, and uh, for this
0: episode, I'm really going to be on the back burner. Um, I really just want to see how a couple of these games play out before I really start throwing in any bets or anything. But um, yeah, without further ado, if you guys want to take us away here,
2: yeah, well, uh, yeah, sure. F- first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. Uh, yeah, you guys no, have already made me a little bit of money, so I'm definitely a fan.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, first guest here, so hopefully this goes smoothly. Hope to have you back if
1: you do well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Bryce, I'm curious what your take is on the fact that there's that there's really not gonna be uh home field advantage anymore, home court advantage, just cause we're all gonna be playing in Orlando um and neutral sites.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting, especially when the playoffs come around, because usually in the playoffs um there's this rhythm where you know you expect um teams to win at home more often than away uh so without home and away games it's gonna be interesting to see if playoff series lasts as long as they usually do because a lot of times you'll have uh, the worst of the two teams you know it, it usually goes two home teams for the two home games for the better team uh, followed by two away games uh, and then one 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 I believe for a seven game series so it's gonna be really interesting to see um, if some of these series with, uh, good and bad teams are going to last longer than four games even because usually what will happen is the bad team will win either game three or game four uh, to stretch it out a little bit so that, that's something to look out for
1: so you're expecting not many series once we do hit the playoffs to go seven games is what it sounds like
2: um to be honest no um Another thing that factors into that is that these teams aren't going to be traveling across the country for these series, um, so everyone's going to be more well rested, and I think in general that's going to favor the better team in a series.
0: Good teams equal good. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm that's what
1: I'm hearing here.
2: Yeah, especially in the NBA where it's such a top-heavy league. Right.
1: Right. Right, and and that's where it's going to be really interesting. Because some of these top-heavy teams are going to be missing some players, and some are getting back some players. Like Portland's getting back two other uh, big guys in the front court, Nurkic and Collins. Mm-hmm. Where some other teams are missing some of their players, like the Wizards are without Beal and Perdans, their top two scorers, And then the Nets are just without pretty much the whole team. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how teams coexist uh, and kind of have to gel again, like we saw at the beginning of the season with new new players on new teams.
2: Yeah, and that'll be really interesting too, because usually at this point in the season, uh, the teams have all hit some kind of rhythm uh, in terms of chemistry that they have with, with each other. And now it's like they're starting over right before the playoffs. So um, we could be in a situation where maybe teams that were hot during the season before it got shut down aren't going to be hot anymore. Maybe teams that were struggling a little bit before it shut down are going to have some new life. So. For a lot of these teams, it's going to be, you know, wait and see how they react uh, to this unique situation before uh, having a level of confidence where you want to throw money on them.
0: Yeah, man. I I totally agree with Bryce. We saw the same thing happen in soccer. We saw teams come out and just look, in like, just not great. And we saw other teams who we weren't expecting to look good come out and look strong, like West Ham. They came out looking good, and uh same with Southampton. Things like that are g- definitely going to happen here. That's my prediction so far.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that happening, a similar situation.
1: Yeah, I totally agree, and that's why in, in this NBA preview that we're doing, I'm more looking at over-unders for total wins in between the first eight games before I start betting the individual lines. i um, and also probably look more at the over-unders to start just because I think i'm gonna feel a little more safer and more confident in my bets
2: yeah definitely most of the notes i made are about futures um as opposed to specific games because yeah for that same reason
0: uh why don't you tell us about some of your futures that you got here
2: okay um so i'll start with one of my favorites uh so one of the things i listed was in a parlay, uh, picking the 8th seed for both the East and the West. Um, <laughs> so I like the Nets to be the 8th seed in the East and the Grizzlies to be the 8th seed in the West. Uh, Grizzlies are minus 143 to be the 8th seed in the West. They're three and a half games ahead of the Pelicans, Blazers, and Kings. And they're four games ahead of the Spurs. Um So in other words, either the Pelicans, Blazers, or Kings, or Spurs have to win four more games than the Grizzlies. When you think about the fact that there's only eight games uh, in the regular season, I think it's pretty unlikely, Um, especially, uh, I was looking at the Grizzlies schedule, and they do have a tough schedule, but they also do play the Pelicans, Blazers, and Spurs. So you got to think they're going to show up for those games. Um, yeah, I, d- I just think it's really unlikely that we would see, uh, you know, one of those other three teams winning at least
0: six games. Because you got to figure the Grizzlies are going to win at least two. And then uh, looking at the other
2: piece of that in the East, I like the Nets. Um, they're minus 250, so they're pretty heavily favored. They're actually currently the seventh seed. Any magic are half a game behind, but as Ethan alluded to earlier, the Nets are missing pretty much their entire team. Um, the list of players that they're not going to have: Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, DeAndre Jordan, Wilson Chandler, Tariq Prince. I mean, <laughs> <Jeez>. come on. <laughs> Jeez, man. That that's is a rough, that's a tough break. That's basically like their whole starting lineup. So. Um, I definitely expect the Magic to pass the Nets, uh, and for the Nets to fall to the eighth seed. The only other team that's in the East is the Wizards, but the Wizards are six games behind the Nets currently. And as Ethan also said, the Wizards are missing um, arguably their two best players in Brad Beal and Dave, Davis Bertans, um, and obviously John Wall. Um, so I doubt that the Wizards are gonna win six more games than the Nets. The, the odds of them winning six games in general is just ridiculously low. And I can't imagine that the Nets are going to have more wins than the Magic, uh, especially because the Magic are healthy uh, and they've got a solid young team.
1: Wow. Yeah, Bryce, I love this part yeah, you got yeah, here. man, I totally you totally agree me on that so quickly. I mean, the, <laughs> Net, you, the Nets are making the playoffs. You don't you yeah. don't even have to worry about it just because of how the wizards just won't have their players. And then the Grizzlies, I think they have, they obviously have the tougher route and they have a lot more teams fighting for yep. it. But I I can't trust the Pelicans. They just don't have to me they don't all the experience. The Spurs are without Aldridge, so not even going to consider them to make the run. The only really team I'm worried about is the Blazers cuz they mm-hmm. do have Collins and Nurkic. But winning four more games in the Grizzlies is, t- is going to be tough in only, only in only eight game span.
2: Exactly, and the the Blazers also have a really tough schedule. Um, I forgot off the top of my head who they're playing, but I was looking at that earlier. Um, since, since you mentioned the Pelicans, I I've heard a lot of people saying that the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs, and that you should hammer the Pelicans. I don't know if you've heard something similar. Um, but I, I'm just not buying that at all. Um, there, there's this theory going around that the NBA purposely gave the Pelicans a really easy schedule because they want to sneak the Pelicans in the playoffs. Because uh, if the Pelicans are the 8th seed, that means they're playing the Lakers in the first round. Then you have LeBron versus Zion matchup, which would be amazing for NBA ratings. So um, I, I've heard a lot of, oh, it's rigged for the Pelicans. Um, but when you actually look at it, you know, they're three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. Zion just left the bubble for a family emergency. Um, now, the way the timing works is he's probably going to come back before any of the games actually start. But he is missing some valuable practice time there. Um, and just the fact that the Pelicans, you know, they're they're not really that talented of a team outside of Zion anyway. Their bench is pretty weak. Uh they ranked 20th in defensive rating. So um, a bet that I like is to take the under for their win total. They're, the line is five and a half wins, which is pretty high for a fringe playoff team. Um, and, and as I said earlier, the schedule's really easy, but they do play the Jazz and the Clippers who are both objectively better than them. And then the odds are out of the other six games, they'll probably lose another.
1: Yeah, Bryce. When I when I saw your notes, I I, I highlight this one as something I'm going to take myself for the under five and a half. I just think I don't see the Pelicans beating the Clippers. The Clippers are going to try as hard as they can to prob- try to get that first spot. Uh, I just think I just think most of these teams are going to see are going to try really hard. Besides the Lakers, in my opinion, just because they they're probably pretty confident they're not going to lose that first spot, so they might try as hard. Yeah. Um, but the Jazz are going to be fighting for a top spot. And then just the Pelicans, like you said, their their defense was not great. I bet them before I was, but loved betting them live, when I was watching when they, 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 we were before these COVID days because they would go on these crazy runs, so you'd be able to get great value out of them. Um, then you could hedge yourself and get the other team. But this this Pelican team is not good. It's not the best defensively. They don't have a lot of playoff experience. Or I'm pretty sure the most playoff experienced player is just is not is Drew Holiday. Yeah, and or playoff J. J. Ratic, experience. Who's never missed the George, playoffs. Right or J.J. Redick, who's who's never missed a playoffs, but at the same time, J is just a shooter. He's not going to be able to help right. out fully. We saw as Sixers fans, his defense is atrocious. Yeah, amen. Um, so, I, I I just I love the under here at five and a half. I think we'll get those two between the Jazz and the Clippers, and I think we'll be able to get the one. Um, just because, like I said, it's gonna it's gonna. I think this team is gonna have a lot worse time of getting back in the groove of things compared to some more more playoff experience teams.
2: Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. The only situation in where I would, you know, want to put money in the favor of the Pelicans is maybe you're looking at betting like uh, Zion's over for points, which he's hit pretty consistently during the regular season. Um, but in terms of actually winning enough games to make the playoffs, like there's there's no way, in my opinion.
1: Mm. Yeah, so Bryce, one of my favorite things that I that I was looking at that I'm probably going to sprinkle on. Um, is a team to go winless and and in the restart in the eight games that we've left in the regular season at plus 700 The Reason I like is because I it's hard for me to imagine the Suns or the Wizards playing well enough to even win a game um, Just because they struggled against top-ranked teams And that's all we're getting is top-ranked teams besides some of your fringe teams to make it a little more exciting and a little more games um, To get teams back in the groove of things the Wizards were 6 and 18 against teams with a winning record and they're like we, we stated multiple times already. They're without their top two scores, and Bertans and Beal. So I, I like I I really think the Wizards could lose every lose all eight games. And I like so I also like the under of one point five wins as well for them at minus one forty. And then the Suns are seven to twenty one against teams with a winning record. I think they will get one win because Devin Booker can get hot any day of the week. Mm-hmm. But or, the reason I really like that plus seven hundred is because of the Wizards, and I just think you have to fade them as hard as possible.
2: Yeah, I I actually like that bet too. Um, Also mostly because of the Wizards. You know, they're they're already the worst team in the bubble and they lost their best player and possibly their second best player as well. Um, In terms of the Suns, I don't think they'll go winless because they play the Sixers and they always seem to beat the Sixers even though the Sixers are better. Um, Yeah, but... I think between the Wizards and the Nets, who, as we've already said, are lost literally half their team, I think it's pretty likely that one of those two goes winless, especially with those plus 700 odds. I, I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, and then just another thing I, was, I kept in mind before I kind of go more into the teams I like for their win totals is I'm going to love the under for games at 1130, Bryce. It's just these t- these players aren't used to having to wake up anymore and start playing basketball in a high level They usually are able to go to the gym get a lot of warm-ups in before they have their games at 7 8 o'clock at night So I'm gonna love the unders in the morning games just because I, I have a feeling the offense is gonna be a little rusty to start and I'll most likely pay special attention to under in the first halves Because once you have an under in one of the first quarter in the, like the first quarter It's gonna be really hard to get back to hit, hitting that total in the first half, but you can see when you have one quarter go under, teams get back and still hit the over because they get hot towards the end of the game.
2: Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I hadn't even thought about how uh, being in the bubble is going to impact uh, when games actually start. Um, but yeah, I think the idea that early games are going to be more difficult for players, I, I think that's a pretty reasonable assessment. So that's something I'll have to look out for too.
0: Yeah, I feel like basketball games always at night. Players play games at night for their whole life and now they're expected to start at 11:30 in the morning. It's it's going to be a shock for some guys, I guarantee it. Yeah, most um, mo-
2: most games start at either 7 or like 8:30. Yeah,
0: that's that's a huge difference. Um do you want to tell me a little bit about uh about some individual teams? You got yeah. Yeah, Chris. At?
1: So my favorite team in this one is OKC. I like them to win over 3.5 games. It's at minus 160 right now. Um, I I like it because they play the Grizzlies and Suns and Wizards in three of their eight games. And then they should beat the Suns and Wizards. It shouldn't be a problem. Um, the Grizzlies will be a tough one because the Grizzlies are fighting to keep that eight spot and, make, and secure their spot in the playoffs. But I think OKC is a better team overall. Um, so if they win those three games, that's three right there, and all we need is one more uh, to get the fourth win, and I think it's very very possible, because we've seen OKC was a great team. They overperformed uh, what a lot of people expected them to do, and they're, they're in the bubble for a reason, because they have played so so well, and they gel so well. That's mainly due to Chris Paul and how well he manages the team. So I really like the OKC here at over 3.5 total wins.
2: Yeah, I think this is an interesting one, because this is a case where you, know, you have a team that Did better than they were expected to during the regular season and now it's possible that maybe they lost that momentum and they're heading into the bubble um but as you mentioned the fact that they're playing the suns and the wizards that's two guaranteed wins right there uh grizzlies you know could go either way although they should win that game i i I do think they're going to reach four wins I, i like this bet too
0: yeah, just talking. Yeah. If you give give them three off the bat with the Suns, Grizzlies, and Wizards, I mean, they got five more to go, and just they need to win one out of five. But I, I like that too. Um,
1: what
0: are you saying?
1: Oh, I was just gonna say, another team before I go to the unders. I like. or just teams I'm gonna fade. Uh, another over I like is Portland um, over three point five wins at minus one twenty. They do like Bryce said. They have a tough schedule. But this team's going to be playing at a much better form. They're, they're getting their big men back in Nurkic and Collins, who are much better than Whiteside, um, Whiteside just kind of a body who can get boards and blocks. But it's he it contributes. He surprises you on offense every, every now and then. You're going to get much more consistent play from these two guys. So I think they're going to be a huge help for the the Trailblazers, and it's not really going to change the way they play. So that's why I really like it. Is the even without them during the regular season before, uh, the COVID happened, they were they were playing the similar style, and now they're just getting better players. So, like the over three point five here at minus one twenty, I just I just think Portland's are the only other team that's really going to fight for that last spot with the Grizzlies. So I think they're going to come out strong.
2: Yeah, uh, there's no denying the fact that they're going to be better with Nurkic and Coll Nurkic and Collins back. Um, I just pulled up their schedule, so I'll, I'll run through that real quickly. They play the Grizzlies. Celtics, Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, Sixers, Mavericks, and Nets. Um, so the Nets are a guarantee pretty much. Um, but then other than the Nets, there's, there's no luck out of those other seven games. I mean, the Grizzlies, that's going to be a tough one because they're both fighting for that eighth seed. Um, the Nuggets... See, I
1: think the Celtics will be, it might, be, might be a pretty good chance of them to win because we've seen the Celtics struggle against big men. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't have that big guy uh, ever since they lost Al, Ho- Al Horford, who signed with the Sixers. Um, so true. that's why I, I think you can see Portland winning that one, because the, the, they're going to have their two big men in that one. So I if I give them the Celtics, that's two. Say I give them the Grizzlies, because that's going to be a tight one, and Damian Lillard does Dame time and hits the game winner, so that's three right there. mm mm-hmm. um, so I, it, it'll be tough. It's not going to be as safe, in my opinion, as the OKC one. Right. Um, but I just think it's a I just think it's a good value for a team getting a lot a lot better of players back because um, of this time we had off in between the, middle of the se- in between the season.
2: Yeah, and um, another game I think they could win here is against the Nuggets. Uh, Jokic has COVID right now. Uh, that's their best player. So who who knows how he's going to be when he gets back into things. Um, yeah, but I'm probably personally going to avoid this one just because, uh, there is, I think there's a lot of opportunities for them to lose games with the schedule. Uh, it's cause a lot of these teams are going to be fighting for playoff positioning.
1: Hmm. And then there are just two teams that I'm fading. Obviously, I'm it will agree with it, me with a resounding yes, and I think Chris will as well. Yep. Uh, we're fading Brooklyn yes. in as many games as possible. Get us out of here. <laughs> they're going to be so, without so many players, um, and it's going to be really hard to see them put off a good fight against many teams. But the other team I'm fading is the San Antonio Spurs. Popovich, I feel like, is kind of focusing on other things. He, he's without his best player in Aldridge. They're four games back of the playoffs behind the Grizzlies. It's going to be really hard to be, beat beat out the Grizzlies by four games um, in out of eight games. So I think it's going to be really tough for them to do. Their first two opponents are against Sacramento and Memphis. They'll probably win the, Sacra, the Sacramento one uh, just because Sacramento is going to be without the Aaron Fox, which is going to hurt them. But that's more of a toss-up in my opinion yeah, than a guaranteed win for San Antonio. And then Memphis, I think Memphis beats San Antonio. Memphis is going to have is going to be more healthy, and they're just a better team at this point. So to the, say, the Spurs lose those two games, and they're all, and they're already four back in the A spot, and the rest of the opponents are tough. It's the Sixers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Pelicans, and the Rockets, and then the Jazz again, and against the Sixers, they're not going to have Aldridge, so Embiid is just going to go to town. I just think it's going to be really hard um, for San Antonio to get to get uh, three wins.
2: Yeah, I I like this one a lot. Um, As you said, they're missing their best player. You know, it feels like the Spurs have been this playoff force for so long. and It's finally dying down. Um, But yeah, I I think the main factor here is a combination between the strength of schedule and the fact that they're already pretty far behind uh, from being in the playoffs that you know, to actually get in, they'd have to overperform like crazy, and I, I just don't see that happening. I, I think they're going to lose a lot of games.
1: All right, Bryce, let's 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 hear your breakdown of our favorite team <laughs> uh, between both of us, the Sixers. I know you love one player on this team, uh, but let's hear your total breakdown of the Sixers for these for going for the last eight games of the season, and then possibly in the playoffs as well.
2: All right, well. I gotta start with the real money maker, Shake Milton. <laughs> hey, I, I don't care what the line is gonna be for his points over under that first game. You gotta hammer the over. It's gonna be his first game starting at point guard. Uh, they're moving Ben Simmons to power forward, it looks like. And you know, he ended the season on such a roll. Uh, he dropped 39 points against the Clippers who are you know one of the best teams in the league. And, yeah, he's just an all-around beast, so. So,
1: budding superstar, Chris? I mean, uh, Bryce, budding superstar?
2: I mean, maybe that's taking things a little too far, but there's no denying the dude's got talent, and especially on a team that so desperately need, needs a ball handler who can get to the rim and score like the Sixers. He just fills that role so well. Um, yeah, so... In terms of player props, that's one to always look out for. Um, I think looking out for uh, the points over under for Embiid is also an interesting thing. Uh, that that's something that tends to be matchup dependent. Uh, Embiid has this weird tendency to play better against better opponents. It's almost like he has something to prove. Uh, for example, whenever they play. Uh, against Anthony Davis, he always schools Anthony Davis. Same with Carl Anthony Towns. It's like he's you know, on a big stage and he just wants to step up and show that he's better than the guy he's going against. So that's definitely something to look out for. Um, yeah, so moving on, I have a few other points about the Sixers. Uh, one of them being never bet the Sixers to cover the spread against a bad team. Uh, they just have this tendency where, you know, they'll they'll get a big lead and then the fourth quarter will come around and no matter who they're playing, they'll just end up blowing that lead. And they'll go from being up 15 to, you know, winning by three eventually. So I'm I'm going to avoid the spread when the Sixers are favorites, um, at least from the Sixers perspective. Maybe it's not idea, a bad idea to bet the other team in the spread. Um, But yeah, if I'm going to bet the Sixers, it's almost always going to be money line. Um, Another thing you want to avoid for the Sixers is any bet that involves Ben Simmons shooting (laughs) three-pointers. It's a scam. Um, Yes, I know there's practice footage of him draining threes in Orlando. Uh, No, I don't think that that's actually going to, you know, impact how he plays on the court, at least right away, you know.
0: He's been hitting threes for like a couple months, but he's been playing the way he's been playing his entire life. I don't think that he's going to change. <laughs>
2: yeah, right and, and, and you know what? This isn't the first time that there's been video floating around of him draining threes in practice. It feels like, you know, at the beginning of every season, there's a video of him draining threes in practice. And in a way, this is kind of like the beginning of a season. Um, yeah, and it just usually disappoints.
0: Very true. <clears throat> um.
2: yeah so a few more things about the Sixers this season they had a crazy home court advantage um, they only lost two games at home, they had the best home record in the league um, and for away games they actually had a losing record um, so it seems like I I honestly can't tell if it's without a home court advantage they're going to be worse or if it's going to be Without having to play away games, are gonna be better. Um, could go either way.
1: I think. See, I, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say I lean that um, they're gonna play. It's, it's, I think the biggest thing is the fans is what is what really hurts them when they're away. It's not having that Philly fan base behind them, and mm-hmm. that crowd, and the fact that there's gonna be no fans. Um, I kind of lean forward, it's gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna kind of be a wash in a way. In terms of now it's just going to be down to who's got the better talent. And it's really hard to argue that the Sixers starting five is not a great talented team. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't gel as well as they, as we all hoped. But I just think talent is going to really play a big part in terms of who what teams are going to win. And the Sixers being in a full healthy roster also is going to be really good for them in terms of compared to some of the other teams who are without one or two players, but these one or two players that they're missing are have been big contributors for them before we in the, in the regular season before we took the break. So I, I really don't think it's going to be that much of an effect in terms of the Sixers, mm-hmm. um, but I could be wrong, and we can just see the Sixers lose all eight games because they have no fans anymore. Yeah, tragic.
2: I mean, you, you, never know. <laughs> you, you never know until it happens. Uh, I like the point you made about them being you know, entirely healthy and having their entire roster. It seems like they're one of the few teams uh, that you can say that about. Um, Yeah, so I want to run through their schedule real quick because I I did a prediction for each game because, you know, this is really where my expertise lies. Um, So they open with the Pacers. I think they win that game. Um, It seems like the Sixers always win their season opener. It, for for whatever reason, when whenever they start a season, they come out so strong. If you remember earlier this year, they started six and zero. I think you can kind of think about this whole bubble thing as like a kind of like a mini beginning of a season, if that makes sense. Uh, so I, I think they're going to come out strong, if they usually do. Um, their next game's against the Spurs. I think they're going to ride that momentum, uh, and as we talked about, the Spurs are pretty weak in terms of bubble teams. Um, And the third game is against the Wizards, uh, which is a lock. And then where it gets tricky is the fourth game where they play the Magic now. They're a lot more talented than the Magic, but for some reason, whenever they play the Magic, they just can't seem to win. Uh, And if they do win those first three games, you know, you you got to expect them to drop one at some point because they are the Sixers after all. They don't they don't just keep winning. They they seem to find a way to lose uh, a lot. So I, I think they'll drop that game to the Magic. Um, then they play Portland, which I, I think is going to be a win. Um, you no, know, I, I just think they're a lot better than Portland. Um, I have the Suns down as a loss for the same reasoning as the Magic. Um, I don't know why, but they, they just always seem to lose to the Suns. I think part of it is because uh, Devin Booker kind of gets in their heads a little bit. Um, and the Sixers have a tendency to struggle guarding um, guards who can shoot. So guys like Devin Booker, they really struggle to contain. Um, and then seventh game is against the Raptors. um They've struggled a lot against the Raptors this season. Marcus Gasol is one of the few guys in the league who can actually guard Embiid pretty well. I don't see them winning that game. And then the the last game of the season against the Rockets, which, you know, that could go either way. My gut says they're going to lose that game just because uh, Russell Westbrook is a guy who tends to get in Embiid's head a lot. And... You know, it seems whenever Embiid and Westbrook go head to get head, it's a really good game, but Westbrook just seems to come out on top by a little bit. Um, I made a note here that it's going to be interesting to see how James Harden performs without going to a strip club every night. It's going to be difficult for him. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's going to help or hurt his game, but we're going to have to look out so, for that.
0: Man, so Bryce man, that might just throw into his whole mojo. You, know, you never know.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe. So Bryce, based on your breakdown, would you are you leaning towards betting the under in the team total wins for the Sixers, which is currently at under five? Uh which the line's currently at five, and under five is minus one ten.
2: Um it, it's not a it's not at a half a point, it's just straight up five.
1: Mm-hmm. It's just straight up five. So it's a push um, if they hit five.
2: Yeah, I, I would bet under um, especially especially because it pushes if they hit five because I don't think it's likely that they're only gonna lose two games. I think there's gonna be more losses than that because they're the sixers.
1: I'm, I'm t- besides that they're the sixers, I just think we've seen it we've seen it before and it's gonna happen again where we lose to teams where we really shouldn't just because either they get too cocky. Or they don't think they have to play as hard. Um, Yeah. So I... I, Go
2: ahead. I I was just going to say, it seems like when they play bad teams, they have this tendency to not show up. And they end up losing games that they really should win. And I I just don't expect them to stop doing that because of the bubble, you know.
1: No, I, I agree. I mean, we'll see if it all changes with Simmons playing the four. Yeah. But I do like how... I do like your run of the Sixers winning the first three. I think the Magic's game is going to be really tough in terms of Vucevic is very well plays very well against the Sixers. Definitely, is his, his home team, uh, the team that drafted him. The Portland one, I can see it on either going either way personally, mm-hmm. just because Damian Lillard, he's he's another guy like Tim Booker who can create his own shot, uh, yeah. who can hit from anywhere, and with the fact that they'll have Nurkic and Collins, they'll have someone better than Whiteside to go against Embiid. And then the Raptors, I think, is also going to be lost. We just have struggled against them for whatever reason. Embiid can't play up to the, can't beat Marcus All, who's a lot older than him. And then Pascal Siakam always goes off on us. It just, it's just whenever Pascal Siakam is playing the Sixers, you you're looking at his over. And you're like, oh, no matter what, I'm probably going to take it. So I agree with your, most with most of your picks for the Sixers schedule for these eight games. Um, and I really think at the end of the day, it's going to be tough for them to make a deep run in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think that's a good transition into uh, looking at some playoff matchups uh, or potential playoff matchups because we don't know what the seeding is going to be. But uh, sticking with the Sixers for a second, it does seem very likely that they're going to play against the Celtics in the first round. And I actually like them to beat the Celtics in the seven-game series. Uh, we, we played them four times this season. We're 3-1 against the Celtics. And, you know, the main factor here is that the Celtics really don't have anyone who can guard Embiid. Their starting center is Enos Kanter. Um, Embiid will eat him for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They, <laughs> you know, their answer in the past to Embiid was to put Al Horford on, him. Al Horford is one of the few guys who could shut him down. Now Al Horford's on the Sixers, so <laughs> Big it really, really seems like the Sixers should win a seven-game series against the Celtics.
1: I agree. And they and, um, they won. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bryce, but they won three out of the four games yep. in the re- in the regular season. Yep. Uh, if the Sixers play the Celtics, I'm um, I think the Sixers will win that one. But then after that is where I'll probably fade the start to fade the Sixers uh, to win a series, just because. Then we're going to be looking at the Raptors, the yeah. Bucks, and uh, maybe one other. I guess that'll be the other. And there'll be one more team, but. They're going to have to play the Raptors and the Bucks, and I just don't think it's going to go well for them.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talked about earlier how they struggle against the Raptors uh, with Marcus Gasol and Pascal Siakam. So if they do end up beating the Celtics, then it's uh, it's almost definitely going to be the Raptors who they play in the second round. And yeah, I, I do not like them to win a seven-game series against the Raptors.
1: Yeah, Bryce, so what other... Uh few finals matchups or teams that you're looking at for the playoffs did you like
2: um so another first round matchup that's going to be interesting is um so we already talked about how the nets are probably going to be the 8 seed in the east um i think the bucks to sweep the nets in the first round should be a lock uh, it'll be interesting to see what the odds are on that when that comes out but that's definitely something i'm going to have my eye on
1: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. You, we've said, we stated it multiple times over this episode that we're we're fading the nets hard. It's it's just it's just like Chris and I when we're talking about the Premier League, like Norwich City fade, fade, fade. Cause Norwich City equals bad, bad, bad. And same with the Nets, they're just gonna go bad, bad, bad with this lineup they're gonna be putting out there on a regular basis in the bubble.
2: Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent.
0: Nice. Um Bryce, you got anything else to talk about today? I'm not sure if you had anything else planned. Um,
2: yeah, I, I definitely wanted to get around to potential final finals matchups. Uh, that's oh, cool perfect, you guys.
0: perfect. Yeah, of course. Yes. Us with them. We, love, we so, love these picks, man.
2: Thanks. Um, so I actually, uh, I think I texted both you guys about this one uh, a few weeks ago, but I really like... Uh, the Bucks versus the Lakers to be the NBA Finals matchup. Um, that's at plus 310 right now to have that matchup, which I think is really good odds. Um, the Bucks are by far the best team in the East. You know, they got Giannis, who's almost certainly going to be the MVP. And he's also the favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year, which is kind of unheard of. Um If you look at other teams in the East who could potentially compete with the Bucs, you have the Raptors um, who aren't quite as deep and they're also missing their best player from last year when they won the championship. Kawhi is not on the Raptors anymore. Uh, And it seems like the Raptors don't have, uh, you know, a definitive star player, which is really something you kind of need in the NBA. Um, The Celtics uh, same thing, pretty much. They don't have a star player, uh, at least not a championship caliber one, and they really don't have anyone who can guard Giannis either. Um, again, their big man is Enos Kanter. I'm not, I'm not even sure who on the Celtics would be assigned to Giannis in a seven game series, but I can't imagine that going well for the Celtics at all. Um, then the Heat are another team in the East, but. They they lack playoff experience and uh, they they're another team that also has a very weak bench. So I would not expect them to beat the Bucks in a seven game series. And we already talked about how the, the Sixers, despite being being very talented, um, they're extremely inconsistent and frankly not very well coached. So I would not expect them to win the East, and if you want to take the Bucks outright to win the East, they're at minus 167. Honestly, I don't think that's bad odds at all. I think that's something to consider. Um, Yeah, the, so the Raptors and Celtics like are both 700,
0: plus 700. Yeah, what were you we saying? It seemed like a pretty sure thing if you play lay it
1: out like that. Yeah, Bryce, I, lo- I love your Bucs to win the East. I just think it's Minus 167 is not terrible odds, and with how good they've been, and it's, I just don't think it's. I think it's gonna be hard for these teams that can't really match up with Giannis. Yeah, Pascal can possibly match up match up with Giannis. But at the end of the day, Giannis is just he's a superstar for a reason. He's the MB, reigning mm-hmm. MVP for a reason. Uh, I I really like the minus one sixty seven here. It's not terrible, um, because I I honestly expected it to be minus like minus two fifty. where it's really not worth even betting you were looking at.
2: Yeah, I also expected it to be a little worse odds than it actually is. I mean, obviously there's a lot of risk involved. You know, Giannis can get hurt or something like that. But, uh, you know,
0: the Sixers could just call the snitch hotline on the entire team. You know, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, you never (laughs) know. (laughs) All right, tell me about – the Lakers and why you think they're a, they're a good favorite. Yeah, so so this
2: is less cut and dry than the Bucks. Um, the yeah. Lakers are only a slight favorite to win the West. Uh, they're at plus one hundred and fifty. The Clippers are right behind them at plus one hundred and eighty. Um, so one of the things that I considered when I was making this pick was who would win in the Lakers-Clippers series because I, I think it's pretty likely that we're going to see Lakers-Clippers in the Western Conference Finals. Um, so the Clippers, I actually think, have a stronger bench. And on paper, you could say that they have a better overall roster. Um, I guess that could go either way. But, you know, the Lakers were having such a good season uh, before the quarantine hit. And, you know, maybe that doesn't matter anymore with the bubble. But um, I've seen reports that, you know, they were they were practicing with each other. Um, even outside of the bubble a little bit. And let's be honest, they have LeBron James. Um,
0: He could win it by himself if he really wanted to. Yeah. Which he probably does. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Um, I mean, look, this
2: is his his first time being in the playoffs in the Western Conference. So I think he he feels like he has something to prove. Um, And when he feels like he has something to prove, he... Tends to go out and prove it, um, and I, I think with the situation with the bubble, I think that makes LeBron's experience more valuable than before because you know everyone's being thrown into such a weird situation. Um, it's it's going to be a strange time for everyone, you know, with oddly timed games and uh, you know not living normal life, and I, I think. LeBron's someone who's been in so many situations uh, that are high pressure. I think he's really going to thrive in that situation. Um, but actually, the, the biggest reason why I think that the Lakers would beat the Clippers in the seven-game series is, is because the Clippers don't have anyone who can match up against Anthony Davis. You know, Anthony Davis, uh, I think he's 6'11", um, it's an absolute monster uh, around the boards. The Clippers' starting center is Montrez Harrell, who's pretty undersized, and he actually just left the bubble for a family emergency. Um, so who's to say how he'll perform when he gets back? And even if he is performing, uh, you know, at his top level, that's not going to be enough to shut down Anthony Davis. Mm,
0: very true, very true.
1: I mean yeah, Bryce, I, I I like your pick of Bucks versus Lakers for the final here. Um, I just think LeBron you 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 can't not trust LeBron. It's really hard. He's he's of, he's the best player for a reason. He's one of the best talents of all time for a reason. And giving him AD, who's just a freak of an athlete with his height and what he can do on the court, it's really hard not to not to see the Lakers and Bucks in the finals, getting the top two seeds. Yep. Which is a lot more common in basketball than it is in other sports, uh, just because basketball talent wise is really what dictates who wins a game. Whereas hockey or soccer, one bounce goes the wrong way and you'll see an upset.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's like we said earlier, it's such a top heavy league. There's a reason why we saw, you know, Cavs versus Warriors in the finals for what, three straight years?
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, so the only other team in the West. Uh, that you know, Vegas gives a somewhat realistic shot to win the West is the Rockets, we're plus 700, but they're even more undersized than the Clippers are. So, if they have to face up against the Lakers, I Anthony Davis would be going
0: off every game, yeah. Just with size, I mean. You put a small guy against a big guy, I mean go with the big guy. That, that's basketball on <laughs> one right in there. In the most simple terms. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, between between the Bucks and the Lakers though, in the finals. Yeah, so have to, if you had to pick one.
2: This is a tough choice, but I'm I'm leaning towards the Lakers. Um, again, you know, the main factor being uh, the experience with LeBron. Um, I probably sound like a LeBron dick rider right now. I'm not usually, but I I really do think that that is (laughs) going to be the, um, that is going to be the way the season shakes out. Um, and then if you look at the other side of the ball with Giannis, LeBron and AD are, you know, two of the few players in the league who might actually be able to contain them a little bit. Uh, so that's going to definitely play a role. And then looking back at last year's playoffs, um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Bucks versus the Raptors. The Bucks went up two games, they had a 2-0 lead, and then they blew four games in a row. So I'm not sure that that choking is 100% out of their system. Um, you know, They have not proven yet to be a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Um, and one last thing to consider, I know it seems like ages ago, but the Lakers are playing for Kobe. So there's that too.
0: Oh, very true, very
1: true. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, I said once we heard the tragic news of Kobe Bryant's passing, I was like, okay, it's it's going to be destiny at this point where the Lakers are going to win it in honor of him, in honor of one of the best Lakers of all time. And it's really hard to see another team compete with this two-headed monster that they have with who have enough supporting cast to get the job done. Um, is with their experience that LeBron has, and AD has his own experience in his own right. He's only he hasn't won many playoff series, but he's been to the playoffs quite a bit. It, it's really gonna be hard to see a team take down the Lakers in in seven game series.
2: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the one two punch there. I mean, Giannis can only guard one guy at once. You know, it, it's it's really gonna be. A nightmare, not only for the Bucks, but for any team that the Lakers come up against to contain both those guys.
0: Yep, uh, yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, everything you laid out here today sounded amazing, dude. Um, I during this podcast, I threw twenty five on that eight seat parlay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I did the same <laughs> yesterday nice nice but i'm um, jealous i can't get that in my book i'm jealous oh man it's too bad it's rough but um i i think that's all we were uh think uh thinking about touching on today unless you had any closing statements Bryce.
2: um yeah i don't think there's anything else that i wanted to bring up uh thanks again for letting me be on the show this is it's a lot of fun
0: yeah no problem dude um we'll have you back on for a short segment uh after this all wraps up to talk about your record here (laughs) (laughs) sounds good but um on that note um we'll catch you this upcoming weekend uh we'll have a new episode out by monday i think we'll be touching on a little bit of ufc the end of syria um maybe a little bit of basketball and baseball as well so uh, until then stay tuned